in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today the Church celebrates the Feast of Transfiguration. Transfiguration means the figure of our Lord Jesus Christ altered, has altered or changed. And the story, as you know it, the Lord took three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, and he ascended on mountain called Mountain Tabor. And then, all of a sudden, they saw the Lord Jesus Christ, his face start to shine like the sun, and his clothes became very white and shining. And also, two appeared with him, Moses and Elijah. And Peter, when he saw this, he said, Lord, it is good to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But while he was speaking, a cloud came from heaven and overshadowed them. And then a voice came from the cloud, the voice of God the Father, testifying about Jesus Christ and saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And then after some time, this disappeared and they did not find Moses and Elijah. All this transfiguration disappeared and they descended from the mount. This one of the feasts of the church. The question here, what is the significance of the transfiguration? And how this affect my personal life? I forgot to tell you that also Moses and Elijah appeared in glory. Not only the Lord Jesus Christ, but Moses and Elijah appeared in glory. The account of transfiguration was mentioned in detail in three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But St. John hinted to it in chapter 1 when he said, And we saw his glory, as glory of the Son of God in John chapter 1. And he did not mention it in details because he wrote it after Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Since Matthew, Mark, and Luke covered the details of this uh, transfiguration, so just St. John hinted to it. Also Peter, in his letter, he mentioned the transfiguration, as you heard today in the second letter of Peter, Chapter 1, when he said, He received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. That's the second Peter chapter 1. So what is the significance of the transfiguration? The three evangelists, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when they mentioned this event, they said, now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. Actually, Matthew and Mark mentioned six days, but Luke mentioned 
eight days. When you read the Bible and he is linking two events together by saying after three days, after six days, this means what happened six days before has to do with the transfiguration. But let us first answer the question, is there contradiction between Luke, because Luke mentioned eight, but Mark and Matthew mentioned six days. There is no contradiction. For example, I am visiting you today, and then next Saturday, I'll be in another city. So if I say, after six days from the visit today, I'm excluding this Saturday, which is today, and excluding the next Saturday. And the days in between are six days. But if I included these two days, will be eight days. So Luke actually included the days in which the Lord spoke to them about his crucifixion and the day of transfiguration. By including these two days, with the six days in between, then the total eight days. But Matthew and Mark mentioned only the six days, excluding the two days. And the Holy Spirit, when inspired the evangelist, the Holy Spirit doesn't do anything haphazardly. As we see right now, there is a significance that Matthew and Mark mentioned six days, but Luke mentioned eight days. So let's go and see what happened six days before or eight days before. The Lord actually, six days before, asked the disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Then they told him, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets, till Peter told him, You are Christ, the Son of the living God. And the Lord told Peter, you are Peter, and upon this rock, the rock of faith, the declaration that I am the incarnated Son of God, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And he told him, this revelation is not from human. God the Father revealed this to you. Then the Lord started to speak to them about his crucifixion and how he will be delivered to the hands of the Gentiles, and they will crucify him. Peter did not accept this, and he said to him, God forbid that this happens to you. And the Lord recognized that the devil now is speaking on the mouth of Peter. And he told him, get behind me, Satan, because you are an offense to me. You don't care about what belongs to God, but what belongs to people. Six days later, the transfiguration happened while Moses and Elijah appeared with him. Why? Number one, to confirm the testimony of Peter when he said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. So now, when they saw the Lord Jesus Christ in his glory, his face shining like the sun, his clothes shining also. And when they saw his glory, this is a confirmation that he is God 
who became man. Not only that, but the voice of the father said, this is my beloved son. So what Peter said six days ago, you are Christ, the son of the living God. Now God the father is confirming. And by the way, these words were repeated twice. On the day of baptism and on the day of transfiguration. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Also, the appearance of Moses and Elijah. Moses represent the law. And Elijah represent the prophets. And both of them represent two different categories of people or classes of people. Just for example, Moses was married. Elijah was celibate. Moses was a very kind person. Elijah was fiery. He stood in front of Ahab the king. They represent the law and the prophets. We have the father testifying for the son, and the law, Moses, and the prophet testifying about the son. And they themselves saw his glory. As Peter said, and we heard this voice, the voice of the father, which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So this was a confirmation that he is the son of God. St. Luke mentioned that Moses and Elijah were speaking to the Lord Jesus Christ about his crucifixion and resurrection. As we read in Luke chapter 9, Then behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, his death, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. So again, there is another confirmation that this Son of God came to die, to be crucified, and to rise from the dead, to accomplish our salvation. So what Peter actually did not like when the Lord said to them six days before, or eight days before, that the Son of God will be delivered to the hands of the Gentiles and will be crucified, and on the third day he will rise. And Peter did not like this. Now there is a confirmation from the law and the prophet, from Moses and Elijah, while they talked to the Lord Jesus Christ about his decease, his crucifixion, and his death that he would accomplish at Jerusalem. And now we understand why the Holy Spirit made Matthew and Mark mention six days, why Luke mentioned eight days. Because number six symbolizes crucifixion. The Lord Jesus Christ was crucified on the sixth day in the sixth hour. Friday is the sixth day. And he rose on the eighth day. Sunday is the eighth day. That's why when the Holy Spirit mentioned after six days and about eight days, in order to confirm this this transfiguration, also confirming the crucifixion and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only that, but also there is a third confirmation. So number one, Jesus is the Son of God, God who became man. 
Number two, the incarnated Son of God came here to die, to be crucified. And on the third day, he will rise from the dead. Number three, they saw Moses and Elijah also in glory. As St. Paul said, if we suffer with him, we'll be glorified with him. So this glory will be also our glory when we are risen from the dead in the last day. And God actually made Moses and Elijah to appear in glory. Also, we know that we will be glorified on the last day. But in order to be glorified, then you need to be crucified with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the significance of number six and number eight. Eight resurrection and six is crucifixion. You cannot reach the resurrection and the glory of resurrection without the crucifixion. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ said, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, carry your cross, and follow me. And St. Paul said, if we suffer with him, we'll be glorified with him. So that is the significance of this feast for us. We are called to be glorified. We are called to have the glory of the Son of God in the second coming and in the eternal life. But what is the road to this glory? Let us take Peter as an example. Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration, what did he say to the Lord? Lord, it is good to be here. He told him, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And you notice here, he won't just to stay on this holy mountain, enjoying this scene, and he forgot about himself, his work, his family, forgot about everything. And what Peter did in Gethsemane, when the Lord told them, stay up with me for one hour, Peter, James, and John slept. And the Lord told them, couldn't you put up and, and wait with me for one hour? And then what Peter and the disciples did when the Lord Jesus Christ was arrested. Most of them fled away. Maybe only John and Peter followed him to the trial court. And then Peter denied the Lord Jesus Christ. He denied him three times. What I'm trying to say, many of us, like Peter, we want to be in glory with him. We want to stay at the Mount of Transfiguration. But in Gethsemane, we don't want to pray. We get tired praying or standing in the liturgy for two or three hours or reading the scripture. We get bored. We don't want to stay up praying in Gethsemane with the Lord. And when it comes to suffering, Peter denied the Lord. Maybe we don't deny him literally, but we deny him with our conduct and our behavior. But we should know 
You cannot be on the Mount Transfiguration unless you agree to be with the Lord in Gethsemane and in Golgotha. Without being in Gethsemane and Golgotha, you cannot be in Transfiguration. You cannot say it is good to be here in glory, but I don't want to struggle. I don't want to strive. I don't want to fight the good fight. I don't want to suffer for your name. I don't. But I want to be in glory. This is not the road to glory. Even Moses and Elijah endured a lot in their life. When you study their life, they endured a lot. That's why they were in glory. How the transfiguration touches my life? There is a promise from God that we will be glorified. But the road to glory, that to be in Gethsemane, what what does it mean to be in Gethsemane? That is the spiritual struggle in the life of prayer, life of asceticism, life of reading the scripture, all these means of grace, attending liturgies, confessing our sins, fasting. You need actually to enter through the narrow gate by your own will. You need to live life of humbleness by denying yourself. And the more you deny yourself, the more Christ will be in you. And the more pride, the less Christ be in you. The person who lives in humbleness and denies himself, he will reach this stage, as St. Paul said, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I totally disappeared. And when I am totally disappeared, then Christ lives in me. That's Gethsemane. When I choose by my own will to enter through the narrow gate and to walk in the difficult way. When I discipline myself, as St. Paul said, I discipline myself and bring it into subjection, lest after I preach it other, I myself be rejected. That's Gethsemane. But what's Golgotha? Golgotha is the suffering that comes on me from outside. Not the one I choose for myself. But comes on me because I'm Christian, because I'm a believer. And I need to endure this suffering as the Lord Jesus Christ endured the suffering on the cross. And as St. Paul said in Hebrews chapter 12, how the Lord endured the suffering for the joy in front of him, for the joy of our salvation. So in the same way, when you put your eye on the glory of transfiguration, you can endure the suffering that comes on you. Today, let us ask God, to help us to be able to carry our cross and to deny yourself and to be with him in Gethsemane and in Golgotha in order to be glorified with him and be transfigured with him in his second coming. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.